Welcome to the Exploring Leadership Show, where we talk with some of the world's most forward-thinking, influential CEOs and other top business leaders to learn about leadership experiences and how they're building world-class organizations. Brought to you by Warrior Leadership. Now, here's your host, Spence Taylor. Very pleased today to have Timothy Cochran as my guest. Uh, He is the Senior Vice President at American Corporate Partners. Um, Tim, I'm excited to have you here. Just uh, delighted for the chance to to get to know you a bit the other day and excited to have this conversation. So welcome. Thanks, Matt. Happy to be here. So I have to start, if I may. uh, You have a really interesting photo as your background on your LinkedIn profile. Uh, Ah. If I'm if I'm looking right, it looks like you're standing with uh, some Medal of Honor recipients. First, is that accurate? And if so, what's the story? Sure. So I'm a uh, I spent over 30 years at the New York Stock Exchange. I got there right out of the Marine Corps, and uh, the New York Stock Exchange backs the uh, Medal of Honor Society Foundation every year prior to COVID, obviously, and um, used to have a dinner. I'm sure they'll be starting it up again every year. And so all the Medal of Honor recipients would come to the New York Stock Exchange. And I, being a former Marine, had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with them and be involved with them. And so that picture was taken on one of those occasions. Wow. I'll bet that was just, a, I would even use the word sacred. I would imagine that the feeling of being with folks who've been through so much and given so much for our country and live to tell the tale, so to speak, and be honored for their service. And and thank you for your service as well. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah. But I, I mean, I can't even put myself in the same. I could take a picture with them, but couldn't even get close to that category of men. Uh, you know, and if you talk to those guys, they are some of the most humble human beings you've ever met. You know, all they talk, you'll never hear them talking about me. They're always talking about the men and, you know, and women around them that help them be successful and so on and so forth. It's, they're just a, Terrific bunch of uh, individuals. Boy, I love hearing that. There's so much we could probably dig into there, but we'll uh, keep moving forward. But I'm sure there will be uh, overlap and integration of that principle in what we talk about because you have chosen to invest uh, really your whole self at this stage into a cause that is not on Wall Street. Uh, American Corporate Partners is not a, a big investment firm or anything like that. I'd love to hear more about uh, the transition. You told me in our earlier conversation. Over 30 years on Wall Street, uh, you still have a firm that's involved there. But what's the work all about that you're doing with American Corporate Partners and how did you get into this? Sure. So the exchange started changing around 2007, 2008, becoming an electronic marketplace. And I kind of being an old trader and and a member of the exchange was kind of like a dinosaur. And so I had done a bunch of different things over the course of the years, um, but uh, about four years ago, a little over four years ago, I started saying, hey, I got to get off the floor. You know, if I put one more algorithm into a computer, I was going to jump, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just decided that I was going to look into the veteran space. I found out about American Corporate Partners through a friend of a friend. And the next thing you know, I looked at the program and it was based on a premise of kind of like big brothers, big sisters to the military, only in ACP's case, your little brother could be a 200-pound Marine, where companies would provide mentors to help guide them as they transition out of the military for an entire year, an hour a month. 
And I thought, geez, with all my background and my experience on Wall Street and all the company relationships I had, this could be somewhere where I could go in and help grow that program. And I've been blessed to have great success since I got there. But, you know, I remember going before our board of directors a very short time after I got there and they were like, you know, Tim, you know, we get it. You have this long Wall Street career. You've done a lot of different things. You've managed companies. But, you know, how are you having this success? And I said, look, at the end of the day, I transitioned. I remember like it was yesterday sitting in my car with my fiance, who's my wife of over 30 years today, with tears in my eyes after coming out of an interview because I felt like I was never going to get a job. One, you know, it was bad enough I was showing up with this horrible Brooklyn accent. But at the end of the day, I still was speaking military ease. I didn't have a clue what my skills in the Marine Corps translated to. And I just felt like, you know, the only job I was going to find was either a cop or a fireman or go into civil service where there was a uniform involved because that's where I felt like I fit in. So, you know, I got to ACP, I got the job and I've been helped to grow it for the last four years. And trust me, Spence, it's been four of the most rewarding years of my life. Wow. Just because you get to hear the stories from these guys and, and, you know, these men and women who are coming out, they've served their nation. They got great skills, great foundation, great background. They just don't have a clue where they fit in corporate America. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it is a very real challenge that uh, I've lived through as well in my transition off of active duty from the Army. And I'm also now a, officially a volunteer with ACP, and, and I've been paired with a mentee, a former captain from the Army as well. And we've had our first session, and, and I just loved that conversation, not only just because of the things that I can relate to, but because, like I said, the, the challenge is very real it's an important vacuum to fill, so to speak, like the, to not have a vacuum there in the space of the transition. And I think for me, at least, and I'd love any thoughts you have on this, uh, a big part of why it's so difficult, you, you kind of spoke to it somewhat or hinted to it at, at least, is that there is such a sense of purpose and a camaraderie and a connection when you're in uniform, especially if you go overseas together as a unit, you, you go deploy, whether that's to a combat zone or in support of some other mission, you come away from that with something of an emptiness or somewhat of an emptiness uh, that's difficult to backfill. Like there's kind of a void that's created. I don't know. Do you have any any reflections on that? Or First of all, our founder, Sid Goodfriend, who happened to be one of the, the number one relationship banker at Merrill Lynch, I don't think he ever, ever comprehended what an impact this would have on the mentors. You know, he was focused on helping the men who would uh, and women who were transitioning out because he felt like every great job he ever got, somebody opened a door for him. And so that's what he, why he started this program, right? But 99%, I mean, 99% of the mentors come away from this saying they got as much, if not more, out of it than the protégés. And a big part of that is, look, companies want veterans, right? They understand they come to the table with all these great attributes, the hard part for most veterans, myself included, was not month two, three, and four, but month eight, nine, and 10, where you're trying to acclimate into the environment, the cultural environment of corporate America or whatever this new role is that you have versus what we dealt with in the military. You know, it's one thing working for an old first sergeant and now you're working for a supervisor, right? And so they communicate differently and all your colleagues are thinking outside the box, right? And in the military, we did things boom, boom, boom. 
to the to best of our ability right up there and, and making sure working in the team uh, environment that's different than culture of corporate America. Mm-hmm. So what happens is now you have a mentor over a cup of coffee on a Saturday morning, right? This program is pretty much virtual. It was virtual before COVID, where you're bouncing ideas off of somebody who has a job in the career path that you're pursuing, and you're able to bounce those things off of them so that when you go back in on Monday morning, you're better equipped to dealing with that supervisor and those colleagues that you felt like you didn't fit in with. And now all of a sudden you have the skills so that you don't have to transition twice. It's one of the biggest things that we deal with at ACP. It's we want to make sure that they don't wind up leaving that first job within eight months, which is like the national average. Over 50 percent are leaving those jobs because they just don't feel like they take the first thing they can get. Right. They're unemployed day one. Mm -hmm. uh, And now they're like, holy smoke, what the heck did I get myself into? And they start looking. And that's where the mentors you got to see the impact that the mentors have on the life of the veterans so that they can stick around. Retention at ACP of the men and women who went through this program, our class of 19 into 20, and over 70% found meaningful employment, right? That's mm-hmm. our whole gig. You know, trust me, our men and women aren't looking for entry-level jobs. They're looking for jobs that fit what they have come to the table. But of those who found jobs, over 70% of our program, meaningful employment, 86% were still in those jobs a year later. 86%. Wow. And I'd love to say it's me and the staff at ACP, but hell, no way. It's the mentors who are there to make sure that they don't have to transition twice. Boy, that's, that's so amazing. I love the cause. I love the way you've shared some of these, these powerful statistics that I know that we could probably hold them up against others and just show how magnificent those are. But to, to have an almost 90% retention rate among the 70%, uh, that's pretty unheard of in a, in a lot of industries, a lot of companies out there, uh, especially with the workforce today. It, it's just uh, anyway, very powerful. And I think it illustrates the power of mentorship in general. I'm just thinking a lot about our listening audience who may not uh, relate directly to veteran transition, all the things we're talking about. But there's still a powerful set of uh, tools or principles, I guess you could say, around leveraging mentorship to do good for your people, to help them feel more purposeful. Do you have any thoughts or counsel for those leaders that, that again, may not directly understand or have experienced what we have talked about and experienced, but they can apply it in a a more traditional business corporate setting? Look, here's the thing. There's a lot of different dynamics from when I started back in 85 out in the corporate America and what's going on today. You look at the average, uh, the uh, average resume, not veteran, take the veteran out of the place. You know, there's five or six jobs on there in two year increments. People are not sticking around like myself, you know, in a job for 30 years or so. So networking is the key to life for so many of the men and women who are out there in working in corporate America. Mentorship is ideal for the simple fact that not only do you have somebody who can help you along the line, uh, you know, uh, to make certain decisions as you're going through your career, but also opening up your, you know, doors for you and opening up network. You know, you look at LinkedIn, what a powerful, powerful tool, right? To be able to build your own little board of directors as you, you know, you build a little bit of a network and the key is mentoring, right? To have somebody there, look, you know, you use ACP. We only do it for a year, but I can guarantee you, Spence, you're going to remember your protege and probably have them in your life forever. 
I mean, I'm going on my fourth mentorship and I remember and still chat from time to time with all three of my protégés. So, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that anybody who's listening, you're probably mentoring somebody already and you don't even know it, but I can almost guarantee you it's probably going to be one of the most enriching things you can possibly do because, you know, nothing feels better then knowing that somebody that you're helping is doing better so that they can take care of their family and their career. Boy, I love that. Such a true statement. And then you put it so nicely. I'm thinking as you're talking just through those attributes of great mentors, I think by its very nature, mentorship tends to not attract people who don't care, right? You don't, you don't just show up for mentorship like, all right, I guess I got to do this and we'll, we'll get through it. Like mentors tend to care naturally because they're typically chosen, they are choosing rather to be a mentor rather than being compelled to. So in that, with with that assumption as kind of the foundation, there's still got to be some variation in the effectiveness of one mentor and mentoring relationship compared with another. So what are those that are at the top of the top, so to speak, in terms of their impact and the transformation that takes place with for their mentee and that the 86%, you know, some of those, those uh, connections back to statistics that you shared with us, like what are they doing that maybe the mentors who are well-intentioned, but maybe not uh, having as much of an impact as they could, if they would just change that one thing. Well, look, at the end of the day, it's almost like a 60, 60 proposition, right? Each side's got to bring a little bit more to the equation and bring to the table. Look, not everybody's great communicators. So if that's something that you see right out of the gate with somebody you're working with, well, then you have to step above and beyond, right? And and try to lead that conversation. And the same thing with the protege or somebody who's being mentored. Uh, you know, it's not, you don't just get to show up and wait for this ultimate wisdom because it's, you know, it's silly. That's not, you know, I tell people all the time, I had a squad bay of 75 trained killers, Right. In the Marine Corps, you know, people you would go into battle with. But a few of them, you know, they didn't have the, the communications capabilities to hop into a mentorship or, or especially a structured one where they would know how to set goals. Uh, you know what I need to get out of this, the right questions to ask, so on and so forth. You know, and so that's where the best mentorships come in is that, you know, each side's got to bring a little more to the table. And it's, you know, you just can't sit there and absorb. It's a give and take relationship. And that's what we see time and again. Obviously, for us at ACP, it comes down to having volunteers. And I tell all the mentors, all you got to do is have a job. Because in, in our case, it's for men and women who are just looking for a career path. But life work balances become so much more important to, you know, the culture of, of America right now, you know. And uh, it's not so much like working 60, 70 hours a week as it is to be able to be home with your family. And those are the things that are really important. And that's a big piece of mentoring also. It's not just, you know, how do I get ahead? It's, you know, how do I have a good balance in my life so that, yes, it is important to be happy. I mean, we're not here that long. Mm -hmm. And that's what mentoring can really do for somebody. Love that. Yeah. And I, just so much of what you said, I think uh, we could put maybe at the center of it setting clear expectations is, is a key to an effective mentoring relationship, both again, as the mentor and the mentee, making sure you listed a few things, setting clear goals, what I need to get out of this, asking the right questions, like so much. But ultimately, I love your 60-60 proposition statement that you you make it your goal every time you come to a meeting with your mentor or, or mentee to bring a little bit more, 
to contribute a little bit more. And as both people come with that mindset, ultimately, we always get to over 100. <laughs> Even if somebody's having a rough day and only brings 46, the other person's going to bring 75 or you know whatever it is. And we're able to get, get to the, the impact that really drove the mentorship or the mentoring relationship to be created in the first place. Cool. So I, I want to go back to one other thing before we wrap up. I'm just thinking about that moment you briefly touched on where you're you're kind of feeling that fatigue from being on the trading floor. I'm probably saying that wrong. I don't know your world very well, but being on the floor and you know you got to make a change. I mean, you could have gone a lot of different directions. I know you, you touched on it a little bit in terms of your status as a veteran and being involved with the Medal of Honor group and society that you talked about. But I mean, what caused you to do that? Because I know you you don't live an easy life. Like when we talked last time, you were on the road. You're about to be on the road again. You put your whole self into this thing, and there are certainly easier paths that you could have chosen. So what ultimately was the catalyst that caused you to make this particular leap into this work you're doing? You know, it, one thing was I, I'd been on the board of uh, nonprofits for years and years, right? I was one of the youngest members of the New York Stock Exchange, having a seed and building a business at a very young age. Uh, I got involved in a lot of non-for-profit entities. It's one, but, you know, I always got a lot of joy out of it. And I, I felt like, what am I good at? One is I have great relationships and I have a great network and I'm a Marine. And as everybody knows, once a Marine, always a Marine. And like I say, for me, I remembered my transition like it was yesterday. And so when I found ACP and weighed all those things, right? But even making that, it's one thing to say you've been on a board of directors for, you know, nonprofits. Another thing to say I could help run one. And that was a big part of this. You know, for me, it was that challenge to be able to come in. You know, ACP, when I got here, we're, we're probably over 40% bigger than when I got here four years ago. Uh, we're almost 60 staff now. We just went over 100 Fortune 500 companies. You know, I've been blessed to add over 40 companies in less than four years. And it's just because companies see the value in veterans. They see the ability to get Look, I'd love to say everybody does this out of the goodness of their heart, Spence, because we are a community service program. But at the end of the day, there's no finer way to identify talent than your own people, right? Nobody yeah. knows better than who, who works at General Motors, who fits General Motors. Mm -hmm. um, and all those things played in to this role for me. You know, when I, when I saw it, I thought, geez, there's somewhere I can go bring all the talents and things that I did on the street. And hopefully be successful, impacting the lives of, you know, your average sergeant. And we have everything from three-star generals down to E3s that come in. You know, the one thing we all have in common is we, none of us worked in corporate America, most of us anyway, prior to going into the military. So it's a foreign world when you're coming out. Yeah. Look, it, it, it's been a joy for me, as you know. And so you know, God has a lot of play in a lot of those things, Spence. All you got to do is listen. And uh, he'll take you on the journey. I love it. Very well said. Well, so as we wrap up, then what's one action? You've listed so many powerful principles and we've talked about a lot of things. What's one action that our listeners can grab hold of and go and apply right now to help them be a better mentor, be a better leader as they go forward? Uh, look, at the end of the day, volunteer, you know, put your whole heart into it. Those who give back get more is the way I look at it. And what is it to share you know, there's nothing, especially when you think about mentoring, it's just your own experience. You don't have to get anybody a job. You don't have to do anything other than be there for somebody who might be struggling. 
trying to figure something out. And I don't care if it's coming out of the military. I don't care if it's some of the social issues that are going on in America. Whatever it is, lend an ear, lend a few minutes of your time to somebody else. They'll never forget. One of the first things I, when I got to the street, I had great mentors, literally people like John Cardinal O'Connor and, and another gentleman named Bob Monahan. My own partner was a director at the board uh, of the New York Stock Exchange. And they always taught me, no matter who reaches out to you, Timmy, if you can help them, and it's nothing more than picking up a call or phone or sending their resume somewhere, do, do it. It'll come back tenfold. I'm telling you, it'll come back tenfold and then some. So- hmm. Listen, when it comes down to mentoring, people need help. I tell Spence, you might have even heard me say this. Nobody, but nobody gets through life doing it by themselves. I don't care even if you're handy and you're going to build your own home. You got to read a book that somebody had to write. Everybody needs help. That's really what it's all about. Give a little, get a little. Boy, I love it. And as you put it earlier, it's, it's, it's kind of like the give a lot to get a lot, <laughs> you know, the, the 60, 60 thing. Uh, I absolutely love yeah, the other way you put that. So volunteer, put your whole heart into it. I love your comment about trusting the tenfold return and nobody gets, gets through life by themselves. Totally agree with each of those. Wonderful challenge. How can people connect with you, Tim, before I let you hop off? Yeah. So please go to acp-usa.org today. I mean, we need mentors. Uh, at any given time, I have I get 40 to 50 new applications a day. If you want to do it, great. If you don't want to do it, get your company involved. And I get it. There's, you know, we're blessed to have all these big companies. But even with all these big companies, I have over 700 men and women currently waiting, and that's military spouses and uh, veterans who are currently waiting for somebody to help guide them as they transition out of the military. So please get your company involved. I don't care if it's a small automotive shop in Brooklyn, give us a call, reach out to me at acp-usa.org on our website and see, I I promise you, it'll be one of the most rewarding things you ever do. I love it, Tim. And I will definitely put the link in the show notes as well. So it's easy for people to click and visit that site and reach out to you, put your LinkedIn profile there too. And again, I can speak as a new mentor, but even with my limited experience, it's been magnificent so far. And certainly I hope people will accept your invitation and, and get involved, whether that's individually or as a company. So again, Tim, thank you so much for taking this time with me. I'm grateful. My life has been blessed by you and God bless you and the work you're doing. Really appreciate you. Thank you, Spence. And thank you also. It's my pleasure. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Exploring Leadership Show. To receive a free company health assessment that clarifies your company's greatest strengths and biggest opportunities to improve, visit warriorslead.com. We'll see you next time.